Today I described Medigap for 2023. Don't forget the newsletter, jo.substack.com. The paid edition has additional comments regarding not only the evaluation of Medigap plans compared to one another, more importantly, it's just a simple example of about how to understand all financial contracts. Let's begin. Welcome to Jay's Corner. My name is Jay O. I am a certified financial planner. I'm also the author of Maximize Your Medicare, the published book. Jay's Corner is there to try to explain how certain financial matters work, to try to help you separate the signal from the noise, so that when something changes, you're not distracted wrongly, and instead, keep your eyes on the ball, which is tough to do given the way that we are given information. There's a free and paid newsletter. Go to jo.substack.com. There are two YouTube channels, Jay's Corner, as well as Maximize Your Medicare. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you digest your podcast. Be sure to leave your comments. Let's begin. In today's video, I'm going to help you compare the different plans of Medigap and then finally end with comparing it to Medicare Advantage. All that coming up next. I'm the author of Maximize Your Medicare, published a book by Allworth Press. You can get it on Amazon, anywhere you can buy a printed book, also in ebook format. You're here on the channel. There's Jay's Corner, another channel. There's a free newsletter. Links everywhere on the video, my profile, you name it. You can type in my name and put in Medicare on Google. Out will come probably something like 100 or so links at the minimum, along with appearances pretty much in every format. In addition to being a certified financial planner and a speaker educator to the Medicare community, I'm also education fellow at the Alliance for Lifetime Income. You can see further details at protectedincome.org. There are tons of regulations around Medicare, and if anything, we're having more regulations through time. We've got the CMS trying to clamp down on unintentionally enrolling people in a wrongful way. I can totally understand all of that, and for that, a number of disclaimers up here on your screen. Today's not financial advice. I don't give financial advice over video recordings over YouTube. Not happening. I need to have licenses. I need to have permissions from carriers. If you call and ask for specific Medicare advice, your call is going to be recorded. Those aren't my rules. Those are federal rules. I'm following them. That's all. Straight to the guts. Let's get straight to the guts here, which is this is the standardized grid of Medicare coverage. Doesn't matter what carrier. It can be Jay's insurance company. It could be Blue Cross Blue Shield of XXX. It's fine. This grid will be the same. Now, every carrier is not required to offer every plan. Nevertheless, this, on a nationwide basis, is the set of plans that is available. As you can see, a lot of X's show up, and the way to read this chart, which is available on MaximizeYourMedicare.com, the official website for the book, is that if an X is, if a box is filled in with an X, then it is coverage, meaning that cost is covered. 
So you can see it there. Part B deductible, usually not covered, except by Plan F, Plan C, which are discontinued as a result of MACRA, a legislative change. However, beyond that, once you satisfy the Part B deductible, you can see that costs that not covered by original Medicare are largely covered using Medigap to a very wide degree. And you can see it there. There are exceptions, right? You can see that plans K and L do not offer 100% coverage if you incur these costs under Medicare. That said, they also have out-of-pocket maximum limits. By far, the most popular plans are Plan G and Plan N. That said, what I thought I would do is start with a quick review of Plan F and Plan G because they do illustrate a principle that will be important as we consider Plan G versus Plan N. Let's just start here with Plan F and Plan G. Quite clear, quite clear here, right, which is that Plan F, you literally don't do anything, meaning that Plan F will cover your Part B deductible and every other out-of-pocket cost for health care services that is covered by Original Medicare. So, what does that mean? That means that as long as your health care service is covered by Original Medicare, the federal government, the federal card, then the Medigap carrier, your Plan F carrier, will cover the balance period. There aren't exceptions to this. As in any Medigap plan, the outstanding characteristics are still there. There's no network, meaning the network in air quotes becomes any healthcare provider that accepts the federal Medicare card. There are going to be rate increases. We will discuss that process as we go forward and surprising findings about Plan F specifically in the very near future. The main takeaway, however, is that once you are on Medigap, once you are a Plan F policy owner, Plan G, Plan N, K, L, any Medigap plan, once you are an owner, the only one that who can eject you is yourself. No, no circumstance can occur where you would be ejected other than you've lost Medicare Part A and Part B or Part B. You must have both. Or you stop paying premium for your Medigap plan. Unless you are intentionally trying to eject yourself, no other party can force ejection upon you. It's important because now you can understand why I spend lots of time in Maximize Your Medicare to make sure that people understand the enrollment rules, the enrollment windows, as well as the ramifications of the ability to switch across plans, as well as between Medigap and Medicare Advantage. The implication of the, this is important for some. For other persons, not so important, the money is more important. It's not my job to decide that for you. In fact, I don't like value placing my value judgment upon anyone. I don't have your circumstance. I don't have your background.
So it's not really my place to put a priority on your money and your sense of security on one configuration or another. Now that we go to plan from plan F, plan G is also clear. The only difference between plan F and plan G is the fact that the plan under plan G, you are responsible for the part B deductible, which is $226 in 2023. Once you satisfy it, it will behave exactly as plan F, which means it does not matter if original Medicare approves the healthcare service, you are covered for the balance. There's no doubt or question about this. That all said, the question is about plan N. Plan N is not as clear. Now, when I say not as clear, does it change some of the outstanding characteristics of Medigap, like no network, like the fact that they are standardized and grandfathered, two terms that I'm going to explain in a few moments? No, that's true for every Medigap plan. However, Plan N is not exactly the same as Plan G. And I don't like on YouTube this, this glossing over of hey, they're exactly the same. They're not exactly the same. If they were exactly the same, the carriers would sell them at exactly the same price. They don't, right? In other words, the understanding of insurance is actually far more complicated. The innards, the working mechanics inside are more complicated than what are being shown on YouTube. The fancy degrees, all the letters after my name, experience in, in complicated securities markets around the globe. I can tell you that the innards here are complicated. We live in a world where we want a simple answer. And I can understand that. We got lots of fish to fry. I don't want to think about this. Someone told me they're the same. I just believed them. That is just simply not the case here. For plan N, which will be less expensive than plan G, what you still have are slight differences in the grids. And you can see it here on your picture and your screen right now, which is under plan N, in addition to being responsible for the Part B deductible, you are possibly going to be charged for office visit you are possibly going to be charged for emergency room visit and you do not get covered under Part B excess if it is charged to you by your healthcare provider. I'm going to address them here. So what can we not predict? We cannot predict with 100% certainty that you are going to incur any of these costs, right? We don't know if you're going to go to the doctor once we don't know if you're going to go to the doctor weekly. We don't know whether or not the doctor is going to charge you a copay. We just simply do not. In fact, you probably have a better perspective on this. In fact, I'm quite sure of it. We certainly don't anticipate or know how many times we would need to go to an emergency room, for example. And we also don't understand 
what the Part B excess charge is. Well, by we, I mean the general population. And unfortunately, I'm going to also say that many of the people that I see here on YouTube also don't clearly understand the mechanics either. And the reason that I'm stopping and going slowly here when we get to plan N is the fact that for me, as explained in Maximize Your Medicare, the outstanding characteristics are its stability of contract. The language cannot move. The result, the financial result to you is known, right? That is the point of Medigap. That is why you're being charged extra money. We don't need my fancy degrees to understand this, right? You go to two plumbers. Service contract number one stays the same year after year. Service contract number two goes up and down with moving parts. Which one would you rather pay for? You would rather pay for the stability of contract. Of course you would because you're paying for the known. If that's the point, then why are we buying plan N? The reasons can be that the price is lower and people state that. And it is true that the price difference between plan G and plan N should not be zero. And it is not, right? Carrier number one, if they offer both plans, invariably the case will be that plan N will be lower than plan G. However, the question then becomes these extra charges that you can be, that you are responsible for in those instances, if you incur them. And again, that becomes number of office visits, that becomes a chance to go to the ER, and then your Part B excess charge. And what you will see is if you add up the money, let's just call it $20 and you go to the doctor three times. So that's $60 divided by 12. That's $5 difference, right? 60 divided by 12 monthly would be $5. Well, if the difference between the two medic between Medigap plan G and plan N is $25. There's five of the dollars. And now you can see the process that you would be using to compare the cost of plan G to plan N. And what you will likely find, so let's just say you're not going to the doctor every week, right? If you're going to the doctor every week, then what will happen is the 20 times 52 will exceed the difference between plan N and plan G. Plan G is just very clear. However, I'm going to focus on this third part, which is not very well understood, which is the Part B excess charge. And it has been my view, it has been what has been stated in Maximize Your Medicare since the first edition, which was a 2013. Okay, when it was a self-published book, I used to get, release it a new version every single year. And my point here to you is the reason that you want to be involved, the reason you want to be updated on what's going on in Medicare and subscribe to the Substack and newsletter and, you know, this channel, this, that, and the other, be sure to do that, like, and subscribe, is the fact that there are stresses that we don't control. 
you do not control, I do not control. What are they? Demographic and fiscal reality. There are 65 million people on Medicare. 65 million. In addition to that, what you have also is the stress of the finances someone's going to have to pay. Now, is it going to be me? <laughs> My generation? Maybe. That, that's possible. In other words, the government, the CMS, has an unenviable task, which is to try to make the numbers work. So let's just take a look here. So under Plan N, you are exposed, you wear, you are responsible for the Part B excess charges if they are incurred. This can be 15% of the Medicare approved amount, 15% of a Part B service of the Medicare approved amount. Now, remember, this is of a Part B service, not in a hospital, right? Part B. So some people have said that I want to always take Plan N because it's cheaper. And, you know, it's the same. It's the same thing. You got all the same X's. Oh, you have a $20 charge for office visit. And so they, what ends up happening is they end up glossing over the, these little differences. These little differences either, number one, add up, or they can blindside you. So it's up to the buyer, that means you, the consumer, to decide whether or not that likelihood is worth the difference in price. It's not like, oh, I saved $500. $500 will be given away if you get one excess charge easily. 15% to equal $500. It's a $3,000 charge. No. Right? It's easy to get by a single excess charge to be many times the difference. You're buying Medigap most of the time for the fact of its stability. No network, no change in contract. You're paying a higher tax for it. That is fairly clear. What is not clear here is this Part B excess risk. And some people have claimed that the way that people get accepted into Medigap plans exposes Plan G to higher premium increases in the future. And the way the rationale reads is that Plan N is not a guaranteed issue plan. Plan G is a guaranteed issue plan. And what this means is that let's say you stop working after uh, and go into a, Med into a Medigap plan using a special enrollment period. If that's the case, then yes, you can get access to Plan G with no problem. However, if you're accessing Medigap through non-open enrollment and non-special election enrollment period, then you would have to pass medical underwriting. Most of the time, the people have 
equal access to plan G and to plan N. Let's take a look at the candid commercial reality is that in percentage terms, we have now seen two years pass by where you've had both plan N and plan G coexist without plan F. Plan F was the most popular plan. And what have we seen? So I have, have certain restrictions where I can't, you know, flash up a picture of the of a particular carrier's increase. What I can report anecdotally, though, to you, is in the largest state in the country, the largest carriers, the, diff, the price increases, the premium increases on a percentage basis has been equivalent. Right, so it's not as if Plan G increases by 20% and Plan N increases by 3%, as other people may have led you to believe because of this nuance, which is the first bullet point here. There are reasons for that, right? Which is that there is something called the medical loss ratio. And the MLR rule requires the carriers to spend 80% of claims of their premiums on claims. It's very important that people try to keep their eye on certain facts as opposed to narratives which may sound attractive, but just actually after peeling off a couple of layers of the onion the flaws become available. That the no, and the first flaw in this entire argument, the entire argument that says the plan and increase will be smaller, is the fact that the number of people who are just switching into Medigap fr from Medicare Advantage and doing so, and passing medical underwriting. It's just not that many, to be candid with you. They're either aging into Medicare because they're turning 65, or they have been working and have been covered by employer health insurance, did not enroll or apply for Medicare Part B. They delayed it. And then when they turned it on, they could have access to Plan G and Plan N, both equally. In other words, the people who chose Plan N at that point weren't either riskier or less risky than the persons who applied for Plan G. You wouldn't be able to distinguish those persons. The second part is that the it completely ignores the incredibly intense competition. I spoke with a person who actually has insurance experience, not specifically in health insurance, but insurance experience. And what I basically said to him is that retail world, everyday people, even consumers, they have no idea about how razor thin the differences in pricing on complex products is amongst competitors. They are watching each other like a hawk. They are comparing prices. They're intentionally tying their competitors down to the penny. We can literally find Medigap carriers down to the penny for someone who's turning 65. That exists. For me to find a particular county with five carriers within $5 a month, I don't shrug in surprise at all. Actually, 
I don't shrug at surprise. I, I'm like the person who always screws up the saying. I shrug because it's no surprise whatsoever to me. There, <laughs> there we go. My point here is that while even if you believed the narrative, which I don't believe, the facts don't prove it. And in addition to that, there's no acceptance, understanding, fully understanding how competitive, how closely the competitors are watching one another because if they want to hit a particular market share, they're going to have to win on price. Because of that, you don't have runaway increases over time. You just don't. You can't. Let's take a practical point of view about what, what Part B excess actually is. Right? So... As I said, the Part B excess charge is 15%. There are certain states that disallow this as a result of regulation. Don't be too happy and don't think you're going to move to those states because the result of that is the Medigap premium is higher in those states, systematically so, absolutely. But let's just say you're an everyday person and you now you can see the conundrum by healthcare providers. So you're farmer Fred and just like like on Medicare well you're paid $5 for a bushel of corn and the payers the government. And one day the government picks up the phone and says okay well you know we're going to pay you $4.50 for that bushel now. What would you do if you were farmer Fred? Well Guess what? I'm going to have to get my money back. Farmer Fred's going to have to get his money back from somewhere. Let's just put it and before, you know, you say, okay, well, I don't know any farmers. <laughs> okay. Let's just call your grandchild. What do you do? Newly minted physician. $120,000 on average in debt. That sounds, that I picked it off the internet. That sounds too low. Right? There's such a thing as a physician's mortgage. In other words, so steep is the educational debt. I, did, I glossed over the two schools that I went to. That's $500,000 of tuition. Easy. Easily. Tuition. I didn't talk about a place to sleep yet or buying books or having a beer. So you can see the true cost of being a physician, $674,000 plus risk. And I didn't include the graphic, but it's there which basically totaled up the amount and the opportunity cost that it would cost for a person, a productive person, a determined person to become a medical doctor. Oh yeah, by the way, the CMS called me up and said, we're going to lower your pay. What would Farmer Fred do for himself? What would Farmer Fred tell his grandchild? If the pay declines from the federal government, it's not as if your educational debt bill also gets written off. Well, <laughs> we're not talking, let's leave out the current debate about college loan forgiveness. 
So you can see my point. It makes complete rational sense that a physician would increase their prices as allowed by regulation. So if you go back here, and if you go back to here, which, and you look at this last point here, if you are buying for stability of contract, then is it worth taking the risk of plan N being not unclear? That's the rhetorical question that only the consumer can answer. It's not up to me to answer this for you. That's me passing a value judgment on you on whether or not that price differential is worth it. This is especially true in this particular instance, which is let's take a look at Plan N versus Medicare Advantage. That you could say that Medicare Advantage is too flexible because of the fact that the premium is this low. So let's just call Plan N $90 a month. That's a good working number for a female you know, turning 65. The reality is, is if the difference between plan N and plan G was $25, so now plan G is 90 plus 25, $115, and that's a good working, these are good working numbers. Which is that my question is going to be for people and for you is, okay, am I trying to save $25 a month? and expose myself to this risk? If it is worth it to you, then my question, then I have a follow-up question, which is, why are we not trying to get all the way to zero? Right? If it was worth doing for $25, why are we not trying to go all the way down to zero? Because money is at a premium current dollar money is worth a lot to you. And the way that I have in, interpreted that is because you have valued $25 worth. That is not to say that Medicare Advantage then is a slam dunk either. It is just to say because it has inherent characteristics that you always must consider. Crazy people write 225 page books with a hundred with a hundred more than a hundred footnotes in it. The nature of Medicare Advantage is it is still an annual contract. That means every moving part, every moving paragraph moves every year. It has happened to be that the intense competition on all Medicare matters also has benefited consumers when it comes to Medicare Advantage. There's no question. And again, this isn't using, you know, my Ivy League degree or, you know, securities analysis understanding, understanding of global financial markets. No, this is just practical, you know, this is just practical common sense. There were five sellers. There are now 25 sellers. Guess what? the benefits to the buyer are going to be improved. Yes, groundbreaking, right? <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's only always going to be that way, by the way. Right, I didn't say 
that this is going this dynamic of the incredible competition is going to be a one-way train and an unstoppable one-way train i could stop this train sure you can make me the czar of the cms i would i could stop this real quick right a legislative change or legislative modifications can slow this dramatically so by no means am I saying that plan N is bad solution compared to Medicare Advantage or to plan G. And you can see this bottom panel of this slide discusses, yes, can it be worth the $90 to zero, right? So let's say plan N is $90, Medicare Advantage PPO at zero, can see doctors that accept the federal Medicare card. You get nickeled and dimed under Medicare Advantage with copay deductible out of and an out-of-pocket maximum, which is in paper, on paper, in writing. This is financial contract that you are signing to become a Medicare Advantage member. But nevertheless, you still may decide that Medicare Advantage is not for you. And those are a couple of you, for example, there's a reason. There can be reasons for that, for sure. For example, you could live in a location where Medicare Advantage networks are too fragmented for you to navigate. Certainly that can be the case. For example, perhaps you live in a location where there are not a lot of Medicare Advantage carriers, where there's not intense competition. And as a result, the doctors have not signed up to Medicare Advantage networks aggressively. Therefore, everyone's an out-of-network doctor. And you go to multiple doctors that are all out-of-network. And even in PPO, your out-of-pocket expenses under Medicare Advantage can exceed Plan N and Medigap. The answer to that is yes, it, that can occur. In other words, there are reasons that I'm not going to say that you would always choose Medicare Advantage versus Plan N either. The reason I wrote Max Manager Medicare, the reason I speak in public to the wide variety of audiences is because the same set of facts, the same set of plans at the same price points will yield entirely different opinions from person to person. You could be the cloned brother, twin brother of your brother living two states away and come up with the entirely different conclusion, even if every objective fact were the same. Because the markets may have been different. Your opinions may have grown different. Your financial stresses at home could be different. Your priorities, your family Financial objectives could be different. It could be any number of moving parts, any number of factors that could affect your decision. It's more important that you actually understand the basis by which these differences exist. All right, everybody, that's enough for today. There's your free guidance offers right there. You can send emails, click a link in the video, in the text below, call me by phone, Look up on MaximizeYourMedicare.com, the official website for the book. My name's J.O. I'm the author of Maximize Your Medicare. 
Education Fellow at the Alliance for Lifetime Income. Be sure to like, subscribe, share the video so other people can get more informed on Medicare, the cornerstone of retirement planning in the United States.